0: Welcome to the Crossing Church. We're so glad you're here. If you wouldn't mind standing so we can worship.
1: in all, stand in awe. Oh, there is one that my help comes from. There is a King of glory. There is a God who saves. One who is strong and mighty. Freedom is in his name. Open the gates of heaven if the shout of praise There is a lion roaring Jesus the King of glory Nations bow Mountains shake At the sound Of just one name Over all, Jesus reigns. I know nations bow, mountains shake, not the sound, just one name. Over all, Jesus reigns. I no. you pressing You are making new wine. In the soil I now surrender. You are breaking Make me enough free. Make me whatever you want me.
2: where I'm about to do something new. You see, I've already begun. Do you not see it? Do you not perceive it? He says, I will make a way in the desert land, in the dry lands. Because he is a way maker, amen? That's the God we serve, the God that can see all that we're going through, everything we're facing, and can be with us and help us no matter what we face. Would you just lift your hands and just welcome him here in this place? just want to say welcome Holy Spirit welcome Holy Spirit we welcome you in this place we recognize that you are the way maker that there is none that is like you none can compare to you Jesus we honor you in this place Holy Spirit we welcome you in this place there is none like you God thank you Jesus thank you Jesus Lord I pray right now for each and every individual no matter what they're facing no matter what they're going through that today they can find help they can find hope they can find peace in you in Jesus name we pray amen amen you may be seated Well good morning. Welcome to the crossing. We're glad you're with us here today. On this last Sunday in July, is that not crazy that we are already here? School is starting back and all the parents are shouting amen. Those that have kids going to college, it's a little harder on some of us, but we're we're adjusting, right? We're excited for what God is doing in the lives of each and every person here at the Crossing and as well as the church body as a whole. We're in the middle of our series called Start. We've been looking at the life of Noah and how he processed and went through some of the situations as God spoke to him, such an incredible vision to build the ark. So if you have your Bibles, we're going to be in Genesis chapter 6 today, as well as Hebrews 11 and Galatians 5. But we're going to start in Genesis chapter 6. If you have the UVersion app, you can go to the events tab on YouVersion and you can see the notes there with you today. We've been talking about this process, this thought that life... Is full of starts, sometimes stops. We all face this in our lives, nobody's exempt from it. Sometimes we have false starts, sometimes we have delayed starts, sometimes we get jump-started. But we all go through these seasons that we follow through life and we start out with the best intentions, do we not? We want to do great things, but then sometimes things fall off. Never has this been more true than New uh, New Year's resolutions. But another natural time of a start time in our lives is school, because school starting back, it's kind of that fall season's coming, we hope, amen, with a little bit of rain, a little bit of cooler weather, but we go through these different times of life, and when in going through that, we have these moments where we want to start, we want to achieve great things, and oftentimes, we have this grand vision of what we think it'll be, but then it doesn't end up the way we had hoped, amen. I remember in the first grade, I had this desire to get my head shaved. Now, my desire had ulterior motives because I thought taking a bath was awful and it just took time out of my day, I certainly did not like the idea of having to make my, or fix my hair, so I had this ingenious idea in the third, in the first grade that said if you shave your head then you're good, anybody else had that experience, you know, if I just shave it, all's gonna be well, I remember my mom telling me this is not what you think, You are mistaken. You do not want to do this. I'm like, no, this is what I want to do. Are you sure you want to do this? Absolutely. I'll never forget sitting down in the chair. I can literally to this day that long ago remember the chair that I sat in. And they begin to shave my head. And you know how they do that famous turnaround? You ever had that moment where you turn around in the chair and the reveal is there? And I thought, dear God, what have I done? You know, like I had no idea. My mom kept trying to tell me, "You have a double crown. You're not going to want this." And I'm like, I don't. What a double crown? I don't know what that means. You know, what does that mean I'm more blessed? You know, it's like I don't care what a double crown is. And I'll never forget when she shaved and I looked at my head. I thought, Oh God, <laughs> what have I done? You know. After the initial shock, I just went on with it and said, you know, I'm going to live with it. And then I was really upset when I found out that shaving my head did not mean I could skip baths. That was a rough day for me. But I remember this moment because in my idea, my thought, my hope was that everything's going to be great. This is what I wanted it to be. But then it was a false start. It was not at all what I thought it was. It was not the ideas that I thought it was. It did not help me the way I thought it would help me. And the truth is we all go through these these starts and stops in our lives but what we have to recognize is the pitfalls along the way. Because the enemy is constantly throwing things at us trying to get us to falter, trying to get us to trip up, trying to get us to stop instead of moving forward and starting. It comes sometimes through cultural distractions, through voices of doubt, which we'll talk about some today, through tempting shortcuts and discouraging delays. We have all these different pitfalls that come along in our lives and we have to learn how do we navigate through those situations. So we're looking at the life of Noah. Now Noah is obviously very popular for what? He's popular because he was the one who built the ark. We've heard the story of Noah and the ark. We know how that works. But yet when you look at this, we often look at just the process of the ark and bring it in. We're actually looking at just um, instead of the ark itself and the animals, we're looking at... The idea, the understanding, the starting point of Noah doing this in his life. Like what in the world did he hear from God that he was willing to do that? And the opposition he must have faced. So we're looking at Genesis chapter 6 at this passage. And let's take a look at it in verse 9. It says, this is the account of Noah and his family. Noah was a righteous man, the only blameless person living on the earth at the time. He walked in close fellowship with God. I mean, that's an incredible statement, is it not? That he is a righteous man and one of the most, the only blameless person on the earth. Wow. And he walked with God. Now, as we talked about last week, to give you context, that in, in context, in Noah's day, that the culture of that time was very, very sinful, very dark, deep, dark times. This is why God had to destroy the earth with the flood. Here's two primary ways that was this was being manifested. And the first was sexual lust and immorality. And the third was violence. And we compared that last week and we look at it because I think it's fascinating. Fascinating when you see today what are two of our major issues in the world today, sexual immorality and violence. And we can see that because Jesus told us in Matthew 24 that in the last days, it will be like the days of Noah. So just kind of an eye-opener for us that this is the setting that we we are living in as it applied back in Genesis chapter 6. So God decides to destroy the earth. He says, you know what, I cannot live with this. And he finds this blameless man named Noah and he calls out to him and he says, hey, here's what I want you to do. I'm going to give you some instructions. And what we've been processing through this is just the understanding of what he must have been going through. That he heard God ask this question, but more importantly, that he was willing to follow it. And the amount of opposition that he must have faced is just mind-numbing. In verse 9, I'm sorry, verse 22 of Genesis chapter 6, it says that Noah did everything as God commanded him. So we see that not only did he hear the voice of God, but he acted upon them. He followed God's command. So we're asking ourselves, how did he overcome those pitfalls that he must have faced, and how can we learn from those lessons in our lives? So we've put this idea, this principle of START into an acronym to help us better remember and understand. The first week, last week, we talked about is the S, which is to see yourself as God sees you. And this is so important, to see yourself as God, because God, remember, sees you as a special workmanship. He sees you as a valuable part of His plan. And understanding that, because many times we don't see ourselves that way. We think that we, what we've done has disqualified us. We're not good enough. And that's not at all the case. God sees you as special. He sees you as, as a purpose and a part of His plan. This week we're talking about, now notice that deals with how we see ourselves, what we see. This week we're going to talk about how, what we hear, the voices of doubt. And what we have to learn is that we have to trust in God, not your doubts. Trust in God, not your doubts. So see yourself as God sees you and trust in God, not your doubts. Now have you ever noticed that moment? When you establish a goal in your life, like this is what I want to do with my life, this is where I want to be, and we have, or this is what I'm going to accomplish, this is something I want to accomplish. And you have those people that come into your life and they begin to ask questions, like who do you think you are? Like why do you even think you could accomplish this? And we begin to believe it and we begin to think, you know what, it can't be done. And before we know it, we even forget about it and we have that false start or delayed start. It never happens because we listen to the voices of doubt that says, you're not good enough. You don't have what it takes. Let's call that dream crushers today, okay? We're going to call that green dream crushers. That's kind of a, a statement we've used in our family as a joke and I'll explain it here in just a moment. But dream crushers can be also critics. They can be critics They can be cynics, they can be, they can come from the culture around you, just the environment that you place yourself in. But the truth is, all of us have to combat and deal with dream crushers in our life. Now, I'm not talking about the voice of reason, even though sometimes they want to say they're a voice of reason. But the truth is, we have these desires, these dreams that are often put bigger than we can attain, which tells us that if it aligns with God's word, more than likely it's a God thing because Satan will never want you to achieve great things for the Lord. But knowing that, they can even also be friends and people that are around us and even family. But we have these these people in our lives sometimes that will just speak doubt. They begin to think, you know what, you don't have what it takes. There's no way you can accomplish this. Years ago, um, in our house, especially growing up in Mandy's family, you know, Christmas time is a major deal. It is a major deal, and they definitely are into. The big guy with the red suit, if you know what I'm talking about, that's a big deal in her family. And it wasn't as much in mind, but growing up, when we got married, I realized, okay, she, this is a big deal to her, that's fine, you know, she, we're going to raise our kids, they're going to have fun with this because she did, and, and that's good, and that was great. Through all the kids up until, you know, when she got a little upset when Gracie found out early, you know, the reality of that situation. And then Eli, he actually got really frustrated because Mandy allowed him to go a little further than she thought he should have had to go through that that process. And I'll never forget... On, on around that time, the fire department. This is when Eli's come to the realization of Santa. He now knows all the situation. He understands this, and he's not too happy with his mom that she's she's held out on him long enough. And and it, in 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 the around that time, the fire department will drive around and they'll have a guy dressed up as Santa, one of his helpers, as Mandy calls it, one of his helpers who will wave at the kids and throw candy and tell them, hey, and John Matlock actually helps with this a lot and he does this. And I'll never forget the time we had uh, some younger kids with us, the Rogers boys, they're there with us and we're standing outside and John happens to be on the truck that day as a helper with Santa and John drives by and he's like, hey, Eli, hey, Harry. Harrison. Hey, Cohen. And this like rocked young Eli's world. You know, he was like, how does he know my name? That guy's a creep. What is this? Like, how does he know who we are? You know, he's just like losing it. And we're like, it's Santa. And he's like, no, it's not. You know, he's like losing it. And Anyway, long story short, after this meltdown, he comes to the realization that we had to finally tell him that was John. And Mandy explains to him, the younger kids, they're all going like, what is going on? You know, like, and so Mandy tells it wasn't shortly after that, Cohen came to the realization. And Mandy tells Eli... You're a dream crusher, man. And so we've had this joke in our family, like dream crusher, and we, we laugh about it. And it wasn't long ago when Hudson received a, uh, a gift for his birthday, Mandy had, uh, was, didn't even really know, but he was getting a set of drums and he got some drumsticks. He's like, hey, you can use those on a drum set. And they're all like, ah. And so Eli took that opportunity to explain to her that she too is a dream crusher. But all fun and all fairness aside, we all go through these, these moments, these times where, you know, we have these ideas, these understandings, these exciting things in our lives, and then, you know what, they're turned upside down because somebody doesn't see it the way you see it. Somebody has a different view. Can you imagine all the dream crushers in Noah's life? The people that looked at him and said, what is wrong with this guy? How about Noah's neighbor? How would you like to be Noah's neighbor? Right? Let's just process this in modern day. It's like, honey, Noah's building an ark next door in his front yard. Like, what are we going to do with our property value? Like, this cannot be good. Where's the HOA now? Right? Like, where are they now? Like, this guy has lost his ever loving mind. He says it's going to rain because you realize they had not seen rain. The water was, everything was watered from the ground up. He says it's going to flood and we're going to float away, honey. I mean like this guy's lost his mind. And you think about this and you look at this and you're like, "Wow." Because you know he felt with that. How about his wife? I mean Noah's wife had to be going like, "Oh man, I sure hope you got this right. You're spending how much of our budget on gopher wood? Like, are we serious? You know, like, let's eat. Why are we worried about the animals? Just can you think of all the opposition he must have heard? But not just those around him. What about the voices inside Noah's head? Because sometimes the biggest dream crusher you'll face in your life is you. The way you talk Yourself because come on, let's get real. We all talk to ourselves, true. Sometimes it's scary when we answer ourselves, right? (laughs) And sometimes it's scary when we're talking to ourselves out loud. You know, we're just having a conversation like, oh, wait a second, that's me talking to me. But we all talk to ourselves now. Research shows that most people talk about 150 to 200 words per minute. Some people are more advanced than others, would we all agree, right? But for the, on average, 150 to, two, 150 to 200 words per minute. But catch this, the mind can listen at about 500 to 600 words per minute. Guys, that's why your wife can hear you, but you think she's not listening. She's listening, she's just not responding, right? And I get an amen, we understand. It's like it's selective hearing. But we can listen at about 500 to 600 words a minute. That's why you can listen to me right now and you're thinking about what you want for lunch, right? You're like, I'm listening to you, but I'm thinking about other things. Because we can comprehend, listen so much more and quicker than we can speak. But now, listen to this. Our inner dialogue, our internal dialogue per se, we can carry on a conversation with ourselves at the rate of 1,300 words per minute. 1,300 words per minute. How is that possible? Because our mind sees in pictures. And you can see a thought in a nanosecond. And so psychologists have studied this and they've discovered that around 1,300 words a minute. Now that's good and bad, isn't it? Because some of you are at warp speed beating yourself up, tearing yourself down, making yourself believe that you're not good enough. That you can't accomplish what God has for you. But you know what's great? Long before psychology came around, God said that your thoughts determine your feelings. And your feelings determine your action. His word gives us clarity on that. So when you have these voices of doubt that begin to creep in and literally tear you apart, not just those around you that are crushing dreams, but you yourself, that's a dream crusher to yourself. You have to understand the antidote to this problem, the antidote to the voice of doubt is to instead listen to the voice of God. Listen to the voice of God. Fix your thoughts on that. Philippians chapter 4 verse 8 says, and now dear brothers and sisters, one thing, final thing, fix your thoughts on what is true, honorable, and right, and pure, and lovely, and admirable. Think about these things that they are excellent and worthy of praise. So we have to fix our thoughts on what is good, do we not? Fix your thoughts on what is good, not what is bad, not what you can't do. Fix your thoughts on the Lord, and you listen to his voice, and he speaks life into you. You see, when you focus on what God, what God thinks of you and not everyone else, you, you begin to find freedom in that. Because here's what I know. You can't please everybody, right? Right? It's not humanly possible. And trying to do so will wear you out and waste your time and your energy. But think of it like this. By allowing, focusing on other people's thoughts and what they think of you, you know what else happens? You give them control over your life. Because you're worried what they think about you, you literally alter the way you act and the way you think. And it's not healthy. It doesn't. It's not helpful. And you find yourself getting beat down listening to voices of doubt and altering the way you act and think. Now, we cannot please everybody, but my mom has always had this statement my whole life. I've heard it. She said that, you know what, she's special. She makes people happy everywhere she goes. And I've said this before. Maybe you remember it. She said some people are happy she came and others are happy she left. There you go. So you may make people happy everywhere too. So you know what? You can just join in and say it doesn't matter what everybody else thinks. The only way you can buy into that is if you're not worried about what they think. But let me give you some understanding, just some some raw facts here that you cannot please everybody. Can we establish that? we believe that? But here's another thing. It's not necessary to please everybody. Think about that. You don't have to. It's not necessary. But here's the big one. This is maybe a, a, a big thought for you that can help release you from that worry about everybody else thinks. Is that rejection will not ruin your life. Do you realize that? The rejection of what they think of you, does your life's not over at that point. Yes, it may affect you. It may be hard because you care for that person, but at the end of the day, it's not going to ruin you. You're bigger than that. Proverbs 29, 25 says it like this, fearing people is a dangerous trap. Think about that. Proverbs 29, 25, fearing people is a dangerous trap, but trusting the Lord means safety. Isn't that good? Fearing people is a dangerous trap, but trusting the Lord means safety. And you have to remember that nobody can make you feel inferior unless you give them permission to do so. Unless you allow them, their voices to affect you. Yeah, you know what? They say things, but if you do not live your life trying to please them, then you're going to find freedom from that captivity and the voice of doubt. So the Bible tells us that Noah listened to God. Obviously, he built a boat, right? A big boat in his front yard for all to see. I mean, he had to have been tuned in to God because you know there were voices of doubt. But what did he hear? He heard God's warning that the world was going to be destroyed. He heard that he had not, what he had not even yet seen. God's telling him this and he hasn't even seen it happen. But yet he's listening to the voice of God, not the voice of doubt. Essentially, this is what we call faith, is it not? Because faith is certain of something that we cannot see. Hebrews chapter 11 is known as the faith chapter. But in verse 7, it tells us this. It was by faith... That Noah built a large boat to save his family from the flood. He obeyed God who warned him about things that, what does it say there? He had what? Never seen. He had never happened before. And by faith Noah condemned the rest of the world and he received the righteousness that comes by faith. So we ask ourselves, what is faith? Well, we pretty much just discovered it right there, but the verse 1 of Hebrews 11 tells us what faith is. It says, faith is the reality of what we hope for, and it is the evidence of what we cannot see. Do you see that? It's the reality. It's the substance of things we hope for and the evidence of things we cannot see. So in order to have faith, Noah himself had to be listening to God. He had to listen to God over the voices of doubt. And he had to believe that God's word and God's word spoken to him was true. Instead of what everybody else said. If you read on in that passage in verse 2, it tells us that through their faith that people in the days of old... He goes on, he says, what did they do? They earned a good reputation. He says, by faith we understand that the entire universe was formed at God's command, and now we see that what we see did not come from anything that can be seen. So we can see through this process, and it goes on, it gives us understanding that Abel and how Abel, how his faith affected others. It reads on and tells us that Enoch, Enoch's faith was so great that God used Enoch, he literally took him up to be with him. He never died. So we can see these examples of faith. If you read beyond verse 7, you see the life of Abraham and his hero of faith and how he acted and it became the father of many nations. So I tell you this to help you understand that God's word to us, spoken to us, is going to give you life. It's not going to crush you. It's not going to harm you. But it is what we should fix our thoughts on. It is what we should keep our mind focused on. Not allowing the things of the enemy to beat us down and make us believe that we're not good enough, that we don't have what it takes. You see, Noah didn't turn his back on the vision that God had given him. Instead, what did he do? He built an ark. But how many times in our lives do we find ourselves listening to the voice of doubt? How many times do we think, you know, I'm just not good enough. I don't have what it takes. Or you're weird. You're, you're weird if you act like that. You don't have what it takes. Your past disqualifies you. You see, these are lies that the enemy tries to deceive us with. And last week we looked at how God sees us. He sees us as his special workmanship. He sees us as a part of his plan. You know what? We established that none of this comes from God. That he sees you for purpose and meaning. But what happens is not only do we see ourselves that way, but it's what are we listening to? What are the voices We we have people in our lives that are speaking negativity and doubt upon us. Are we the biggest dream crusher in our life by speaking negativity and doubt and believing that we're not good enough? Because at the end of the day, trusting God requires faith and action. Trusting God requires faith and action. It's not just Well, I trust God, but man, I don't think I can. I don't think God will do that through me. No, it's putting that faith. What if Noah said, well, the Lord told me to build a boat, but I just, I don't think I can do that. I don't know. I'm not going to build a boat. I don't know how to build a boat. No. He said, give me the steps. I'm going to listen to his voice. I'm going to act on that. You see, he heard what he had not seen, didn't he? And he listened to the voice of God instead of the voices of doubt all around him. So how do we do that as followers of Christ? As a follower of Christ, as someone who seeks him, how do we hear his voice? Well, it comes through spending time with him and beginning to read the word of God and applying it to your life, creating a moment in your life where you are, are willing and able to focus upon him, in a, whether it's a morning prayer life or, or an evening prayer life where you actually set aside time to spend time with God so you can listen to his voice because it's not just listening to his voice and the encouragement of his voice, but it is also the direction that he gives you. Did you realize that? That the Holy Spirit lives in you to give you direction and how to live your life and walk in in through the struggles of life. Galatians chapter 5, 16 through 17 tells us this. He says, So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. For the sinful nature wants to do evil and is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are opposite of what the of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other so you are not free to carry out your good intentions. So when you look at this and you see this, by spending time with God, by coming in tune with His Spirit and having prayer time with Him, it opens you up to the wisdom and knowledge that He will give you through the Word of God, but also by speaking directly to your heart and giving you words of encouragement and words of strength and wisdom to help you through what you face each day. Many of us don't get up. And skip a lot of meals, do we? You may skip breakfast, but if you skip breakfast, you ain't skipping lunch. If you skip lunch, you sure are stinking going to get to dinner, right? We don't go through many days without feeding ourselves in the physical sense. But the truth is, many of us can go weeks, months, years without feeding ourselves spiritually. And then we wonder why it's so difficult to hear the voice of God. We wonder why the voices of doubt are louder. It's because it comes back to where you're spending your time. Are you tuned in to the life-giving spirit that God has for you? So when you look at these first two steps to start, they're both dealing with two primary senses that you have. Your sight and your, your sound. What you see yourself as. And what you're listening to. Because the truth is these become the foundation to move forward. If you see yourself in a negative light. Then you're not going to be able to move forward. You're going to find yourself in delayed or false starts. If you begin to hear the voices of doubt. Then you'll never believe you have what it takes. And these are vital elements. To any start that you have in your life. Jesus gave the illustration like this in Matthew chapter 7. Remember what he said? He said, if you build your house up on the rock, you have a firm foundation. But those who build their house on the sand, what? It's shifting. And the first storm that comes along, it will blow that house down. So I ask you today, what are you building your life on? Is it upon the sand, the shifting sand, the things that change? Are you putting your foundation and seeing yourself as God sees you? Are you putting your foundation and listening to the way His voice and not the voice of the world? Because here's what we know. Storms of life come, don't they? You're not going to be exempt from storms of life. But when your foundation is in its right place, you'll weather the storm and be able to move past that start and achieve all that God has for you. I want you to close your eyes and reflect on that today. Maybe today as we've been talking, you realize that you've had a lot of false starts in your life. Maybe you've had a lot of delayed starts where you just, you didn't, never started because you didn't think you had what it took. Because you listened to the voice of doubt instead of trusting in God. God. And believing what He has for you. Today, if that's you, I just want to speak life into you and tell you that God sees you differently. That you're important. And you don't have to listen to the voices of doubt. You don't have to listen to the people that that tell you that you're not good enough. More importantly, you need to stop listening to yourself that speaks negativity to you. God's creation. He does not mess up. You have value and you have purpose. And you need to understand that today. And if you're here right now and you're struggling with that, I want to invite you right now just to open your heart to the Holy Spirit. You do that with me right now. Just let him know, Lord, I'm sorry seeing myself in a negative light I'm sorry that I've not listened to your voice over the voices of doubt and make a decision today to say I'm gonna live a life for him I'm gonna get in tune with his spirit I'm gonna get into reading his word and apply it to my are joining with us today and you do not know Christ we never want to close the service without giving you that opportunity to experience him and know him and if you're here today and you do not know him as your savior with no one looking around I'm not going to embarrass you or call you I just want to pray with you right where you're sitting but if that's you today and you say I want to commit my life to Christ or rededicate my life would you just make eye contact with me right now I want to pray with you right where you are anybody here today and I want to rededicate my life or commit my life to him. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we thank you today for who you are and what you have in store for each and every person in this building and watching with us even online today. Lord, you have a design for their lives. If they're still breathing, then you're not done. You have breath in them. You have purpose in them. And Father, right now, I just pray that you would help them to open their eyes, pull the scales back, let them see that they have value, that they have purpose, and that you speak life to them. Lord, I pray that they would begin to understand the desire and the necessity of spending time with you. Lord, that you would would speak into their hearts and let them know that they are unique and special. In Jesus' name. God. As Pastor Mandy comes, I think you maybe, how many of you enjoyed the air conditioning today, right? It was kind of nice, wasn't it? Last week we didn't have it. We had four units and three of them went out last week so we were able to get them fixed but three thousand dollars later which is you know for three four air units that we're not complaining but we're grateful so you know what that was an unexpected expense we had and if maybe God lays on your heart you would like to give towards that and help cover that we would deeply appreciate it but it's just God is faithful but we in Texas let's just be real air conditioning is a necessity amen amen Like, you know, you may be able to deal with it up north, but down here, you got to have it. So God bless you guys, Pastor Manny.
0: Good morning. All right. Well, we want to say welcome to everyone here at the crossing today. We hope that you have really experienced the presence of the Lord. And if you are a first-time guest visiting with us, we want to say welcome, and we hope that you've enjoyed your time today. And um, if you will, we have a... Um, QR code here on the screen here in just a second or you can see them on the backs of some of the chairs and if you could scan the QR code and this will take you straight to a connect card if you'll fill that out for us today that would be awesome and then we can uh, reach out to you hopefully connect with you sometime this week Also, if you are interested, anyone can scan the QR code. We talked a little bit about it last week, um, how we are really beginning to dive into our discipleship and come to the table is what it's called. So if you want more information on come to the table or getting involved, um, volunteering, you can also find that on the QR code as well. You can mark that box and someone will be getting in touch with you about that also all right so as we are finishing up uh, filling those out we are going to set aside time today to worship the Lord through our giving Uh, many of us do give online these days uh, but if you want to give here in person there is a bucket at the back that you can do so we feel that giving um, is very important foundationally not just to the church but to, to us as believers and so um, we you can do that many different ways here uh, you can do that through like I said giving in the back in the bucket um, there's also the church center app you can download and it is so easy it also keeps you up to date with everything that's happening at the crossing all the dates coming up um, so a great tool there you can also text any amount to 84321 or you can give through the P.O. Box 428. You can also give just by going straight to thecrossingchurch.tv and uh, there is a, a giving tab that you can click on. But let's take time this morning to return our offering back to the Lord with thanksgiving in our heart and that we are so blessed to be able to give back to Him today. Let's do that together. Lord, we love you. We thank you that we can give back to you. We thank you that you have given us the ability to be able to not only bless your church here at the crossing, but to be able to bless the church globally. And Lord, we just wanna keep our focus in on the reason we give. We give so that your word can be proclaimed all over the nation, all over the world, also here in our cities and our surrounding communities. Lord, we just give back to you. We thank you for everything you've blessed us with. And uh, we just want to continue to show our faithfulness through our gifts. Lord, we love you and we thank you. In your name we pray, amen, amen. All right, well, we have a couple of announcements uh, today. If um, Johnny and Kirby, if you guys wanna come on up, um, they wanna speak to you a little bit about, we're excited that there is um, a men's event on Saturday, so they're gonna talk to you a little bit about that today.
3: Oh, okay. Well, these things are bright. Okay, so uh, you guys may have heard in the uh, announcements the previous few weeks or maybe in the email that we're going to be doing a men's breakfast next Saturday morning, 8 a.m. we just like to invite all the men in the church out, the young men as well, um, to come and kind of break bread together. Our goal is, is really um, kind of based upon a scripture in Proverbs 27 that says, uh, just like iron sharpens iron, men sharpen men. We just want to come together, connect with one another, learn about each other, learn about the word, encourage each other, and ultimately uh, just expand our impact as believers, as men, as leaders of our households. And uh, that's kind of the goal. So we'd love to see everybody out there. And also if you have uh, maybe friends, buddies that um, maybe you've invited them to church, had a hard time maybe getting them to come to a Sunday service, maybe they'd be willing to come eat some breakfast tacos. I don't know many guys that don't like breakfast tacos. so bring them out. We'll get together. Uh, it'll probably be maybe an hour, hour and a half max. And um, hoping maybe uh, we can kind of continue this thing on a monthly basis. So love to see y'all out there.
2: Yeah, come on out and uh, just also be praying uh, what you would, what you feel God is leading you for a men's group at the crossing. And so we can kind of get together and, and really see how we can make a difference. So we'll see you Saturday.
0: up for them. All right. That's going to be a fun time for the guys. Um, Also on Saturday, if you're interested, not any of the guys, because y'all are all going to be here, but if anyone else is interested, um, Little Elm is having their back to school bash for uh, families and um, they are asking for volunteers. So if you are up for volunteering for that, if you will talk to me afterwards and um, they just need a handful of us. So uh, anyway, that's a way that we can help serve our community. So if you are interested, let just come talk to me afterwards. Um, they're also still in need of some school supplies. We didn't do an official school supplies drive this year, but if that is on your heart that you would like to help a family in need, also talk to me afterwards and we will make that happen. All right. Um, That is pretty much, I believe, all I have. Let me check. Oh, well, no, one more thing. Uh, Coming up on August 13th, um, Pastor Mary Jo is gonna be doing a big, back to school splash day for the kiddos here at the church. No, I take that back. It's not splash. It's bouncing and it's gonna be inside because of the heat. Sorry, <laughs> we're not gonna have splashing. Uh, so bring your kids, but more than bringing your kids, bring your neighbor's kids, bring your kids' friends, get people out that day. It's free, totally free. They will sell com- some concessions um, for to go to BGMC, but but get kids here that day. We didn't get to do our VBS as planned. Um, And so we wanna just get kids in the building and love on families in hopes of getting them um, into the church doors. So, all right, you guys have a great rest of your day and we will see you later. Have a good one.